You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. One last bit of preview content here on today's episode of Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I am your host, Brendan Clean. I cover the Suns and the NBA at SB Nation as well as Dime Magazine, and you can follow me on Twitter at BrendanClean14. Most importantly, you can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnPHXSuns, where you can give me your last-minute series predictions for Suns-Lakers. Game 1 coming later today, folks, Sunday. Bonus episode for you. I don't usually post the locker rooms in full. I haven't even been posting them much at all lately, but this one was a really good one. Brandon and I just going back and forth and uh, some good questions from our listeners and just a good conversation. We were uh, just really breaking down the series as we have been all week. So I wanted to post it for you, just give you more, more, more. I know uh, I, I know we're all hungry to just think and, and look at and, and wonder about this series. So if you're waking up early on Sunday, I wanted to give you this to chew on. So if you're walking the dog, doing some yard work, whatever it may be, uh, welcome to Sunday. Hope you are excited for game one. I will not hold us up any longer. Um, like I said, it's just our normal Friday's noon uh, noon, noon Arizona time, locker room conversations on the Suns. This week, we, of course, looked at this series once we knew it was happening from really every single angle, from the what do the Suns do to defend the Lakers, vice versa, Jay Crowder, Mikhail Bridges, all these different pieces and how they will fit and look and work within this series. So uh, here it is. Enjoy it. And Brandon and I will be back with you right after Suns Lakers game one on Sunday. We're not waiting to Monday to post the show. As soon as I get home, Brandon will actually be at this game as well as a fan. So when we are both back in our respective homes and ready to record, that show will go up and we'll have all of it broken down for you. Keep it right here. Subscribe while you're at it. This feed is going to be busy the next few weeks as we see what the Suns have in store against the Lakers. Guys, I'm excited. I'm sure you are too. Enjoy this. Subscribe so you get the rest of the week's shows and have fun watching the first Suns playoff game in 11 years. A long time coming. I am so thrilled. I cannot wait and I hope uh, I hope it goes well. I hope we have something good to talk about. Without further ado though, here is our locker room conversation from Friday afternoon. So who do you think they should put on uh, on Anthony Davis? Uh, DeAndre. Yeah, I think it's a no-brainer. I'm just worried about foul trouble because, I mean, you look at their their last game, obviously they weren't even showing anything really, but Davis didn't really kill them from the field. It was just a free throw line. Yeah. 15 for 17. That's, yeah, I think I mean, Aiden's foul trouble is really going to, what this entire series is going to boil down to, I think. Yeah, I mean, they don't have anybody else. Like, I really don't think anybody else can do it. I mean, like, can you survive in a pinch for a couple possessions with, like, Jay Crowder or Torrey Craig or a player like that? Sure, maybe, Sharich. But, no, it's it's not going to work unless, unless, I mean, honestly, it's probably going to be, to me, like, what we saw uh, Kerr do with Draymond. Like, 
any time yeah. AD's on the floor, Aiton needs to be on the floor. And then when he when AD's not out there, maybe you try to get creative and, and steal some points. But um, yeah, I don't see it. Although, I mean, there's like a lot of pessimism about AD's ability to score like he did last season. So maybe he's not as much of a threat. Maybe maybe it won't be uh, as big of a concern as it looks like. I don't know. I mean, he, he hasn't uh, yeah. been uh, the shooter he was last year at all. Yeah, definitely. I think they need to force him to shoot. Just let him shoot threes. Like, yeah, um, that and just swarming him in the paint. Like, the Warriors actually did a really good job of sending a bunch of guys at him whenever there's a mismatch. So, even like Tory Craig, you could put him on him and just put an emphasis on like sending, you know, Mikel or someone from the from the weak side to come bother him. And he just looked really uncomfortable for that entire first half. So, I think the Suns could could take something out of that for sure. But um, I'm more worried about LeBron. I mean, if he's the fir- in the first half of that game too, he looked like he was kind of cautiously moving. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And then second half, he turned it up a little bit. So um, that'll be interesting, but they definitely have to be physical with him. Yeah, no, I'm, one thing I actually think I like about the matchup, uh, just how, how they can defend AD and it goes into LeBron too, obviously is, when those guys run a pick and roll together, I actually think the Suns are pretty well equipped to handle that compared to some teams because uh, because Aiton can can at least handle himself against LeBron. Like even that game in his rookie year, we all remember him doing that. Um, and then vice versa, like you could see Mikhail or Jay or, or Craig. They have a lot of guys at that kind of big forward type of body that can switch between AD and LeBron, which I think is actually going to be pretty useful because not a lot of teams have that. I mean, maybe Milwaukee, like there's just not a lot of other teams that have enough of those players to switch that every time. But I think pretty much whoever's on the floor, the Suns can do that. Yeah, I agree. And I think they need to just make LA adjust to them. Like if they want to play Drummond, like by all means, go ahead. Like, I, I just don't want Monty to – I know Frank's probably going to get a pretty good amount of minutes just to match their size, but I'd rather them just, you know, make them adjust and, and downsize because – but the only way that works is if DeAndre is, you know, making them pay. So we'll see. Do you think he needs to be a scorer? Like, do you – I know we've talked about that every, all the time and, and just generally, but, like, in this series specifically, do you feel like he needs to, um, like you said, make them pay? Like, do you actually think he needs to score? I, I've been thinking about this, and I don't really know <laughs> – I don't really know how he can. I'm not really sure that this, the Lakers are going to let him do what he does, like – pick and roll I think they're pretty great at at defending the pick and roll he's obviously you know you don't want him posting up that much like seems like it's going to be putbacks and you know junk junk scoring more so than anything within the offense yeah just off the offensive glass that's where he's going to have to dominate I think just you know that's pretty much where he generates most of his points and not only for himself but for others so I think just getting those second chance points against the Lakers will be pretty big. But yeah, offensively, I'm not expecting any any creation from him or anything like that. Um, I just think activity and engagement is all that really matters with him. Like y'all, I'll take you know 12 and 15 if if he's playing you know active defense and and getting those second chance points. 
I think the glass is actually a place where the Lakers or where the Sun like that that tends to be a strength for the Lakers. That's obviously part of why you play big and with LeBron and, and AD both on the floor plus a traditional center, especially one who can rebound like Drummond. Like you'd think that's an area where they can really control the game, but I don't really think that's the case. I mean, it kind of feels to me like that's not really beaten the Suns all that often. Like, I, I don't remember a lot of games recently where I looked at the box front. and I was like, damn, they lost that game because of, of the rebounding. I mean, I, I guess they're small, but I just don't worry about that. So I, I, I look at this series and I genuinely think, like, the Lakers want to play small. There's been this whole thing of, yeah. like, oh, the Suns don't match up because the Lakers are so big. Like, what 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 big guy what what upsized lineup that the Lakers? I hope can they play Drummond. Yeah, exactly. Give, give me, me all the Drummond minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel. I mean, Gasol's maybe the one guy. How do you feel about that? Because I think if Gasol can be spacing and passing and doing what he does, and and look good, look healthy, all that, that could be a worrisome one. But Harold and Drummond, leave them out there. That sounds awesome. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Gasol's probably the one guy that could help them with just the spacing like you mentioned but even like he's just not the same um as he used to be but i, I would play him over drummond or harrell any day so um if yeah, i'm the I mean, lakers but i mean I'm, I'm not too concerned with the interior stuff it's more of just you know foul trouble um knocking down shots and, and making sure you withstand those runs like the warriors could have easily closed that game out when they're up by like i think it was 13 with like um, kind of midway through the third quarter, and they just turned it over like 10 times in a row and just yep. let, let the Lakers just creep back in, and that, that was the killer. So if the Suns get in that situation, they have to just stomp on their necks and make sure they can't get back up because if not, you know, the Lakers are really good at winning ugly games, which the Suns are too. They have been this year, but um, you just don't want to put yourself in that position against LeBron James. What do you think of the LeBron part of this? Because – I agree with you. That's way more scary to me than, than Anthony Davis. Just, I mean, I think LeBron's a better player than Anthony Davis, so that's big reason of it. But also, uh, McHale against him worries me. And on the other hand, I also feel like Wiggins kind of showed the blueprint of like what a smaller guy can actually do um, to at least just kind of make life hard on this version of LeBron, who's clearly not as explosive and, and overpowering as he usually is. That seems to play into the hands of McHale, but you're kind of crossing your fingers. LeBron looks mortal for seven, seven more games after this one. I don't know if you can bet on that. Yeah. It comes down to how much he trusts his ankle too, because you could tell, I mean, for the most part, he was just not his usual self. Um, you know, especially, you know, moving side to side, which is, he just looks slower. So just staying in front of him is a main key. Like just, he's going to overpower you. But Mikel's like limbs, as we all know, just go on for for days. So I think just staying in front and making him, you know, shoot over the top of you is the key. Because right now he's he's not really moving side to side very well. Like just his handle just seems like it's lost. I, I don't know. It's just it's not the same LeBron, which is unfortunate as a basketball fan. But don't even Suns, say that. as a no, Suns fan. Not. No, it's not. <laughs> it is. It is. Look, I've I love watching LeBron play, and I have for my entire life but now that he's on the in the west i'm just like you know i'm fine if he uh, has an off series exactly you know? no i love lebron i love to watch lebron we got to do it for a whole championship run and and now it's okay we're good we'll, we'll move on to the next one we've seen him 
uh, in the finals, what, 10 out of the past 11 years or something like that. So I, I'm good. Um, I'm happy to see some new blood out there. And I'm happy, obviously, yeah. to see the Suns get, get more than one series to test themselves. But I think it, like the Heat series seems really instructive to me because they also didn't – I mean, yeah, they had like Iguodala and, and Jimmy who are stronger than McHale, clearly, like very much so. But neither one of those guys, like because Iguodala is older now and because Jimmy is giving up a couple inches to LeBron – Neither one of those guys is like a perfect matchup for LeBron. The way that they did it was Crowder, literally the same guy the Suns will have, doing exactly the same thing, digging in on the on the drive, digging in to double and help when the guy's in the post, all these different things. And then a center who could, you know, protect the rim, patrol the rim, and hopefully switch a little bit. So I'm not saying I yeah. expect Aiton to get to the level Bam did, but that's the template right there. And we just saw it work for them to push a series to six when their best secondary scorer Dragic wasn't even healthy. Like it's yeah. possible. It's, it's, it's certainly possible. Definitely. And I think that's why the sun's being a good like team defensively, like as a unit is more important than just having like individuals that, you know, can shut players down because no one's going to shut LeBron down. It takes a full team and, you know, scheming for like everything he does. Um, not only when he has a ball, but just preparing for what he's going to do when he passes it, stuff like that. Um, and the same can be said for Booker. You know, the Lakers are going to be sending doubles at him, just like we saw last time they played. So they have their game plan on him. And that's why I think DeAndre needs to, you know, when he makes those catches in the high post, just put the ball in the deck, like make a couple dribbles and then make a quick decision. I think that's something that he hasn't really had a ton of uh, reps at doing, but that's, that could open up a lot in the offense. And that's kind of another reason I think Dario could be really important in this series with all the, the doubles and the hedges they're going to throw at Booker, just having uh, floor spacing five would be huge. So, um, but will Dario please, please come back. I agree with you. I think, I think Dario's offense is like, people will be like, Oh, can he, can he guard, AD in those moments when Aiton's off the floor or, you know, can he hold up against the Lakers size on the glass? Like, I don't really think that's why you have Dario Saric. You have him because you want him to be a, yeah, a, an outlet and a, a, a defense beater, right? A mismatch, somebody who maybe when you try to put a smaller guy on him, Kyle Kuzma or something like that can, you know, drive it on you, can shoot it over the top of you, can out overpower you to create, opportunities for his teammates that stuff is big that's not a coincidence on that march 2nd game that we saw dario play big and and was probably one of his better games of the year and the last time we saw him really look a high level player at all so i i think if he can use those spurs games where he looked a little better to change his season outlook a little bit and 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 get back to what he was like I hope so. I mean, that seems like very much wishful thinking, but I do want it to happen, and it would really change the series. Yeah, definitely. I think he might be more important than, than campaign even, which, you know, I, I trust. I think Paul and Booker are going to have such huge workloads, and I still think Payne can have an impact. But, you know, if Dario has a big series against the Lakers specifically, I think he's more of an X factor than, than any guard could be, really. I, I mean – um, if Payne has one of those microwave, you know, pull up shooting quarters, that'd be great. 
but um, just matching their size and just having that outlet it will be huge. Yeah, I like that. The pain question is an interesting one, too, because I like the idea of that three guard lineup with book and pain and CP3 out there. We've talked about that a lot, but uh, I almost wonder if in this series specifically, it's not as useful because you're kind of playing into the to the Lakers hands a little because one of the things I think the Suns have as an advantage over the Lakers is their wings and their like three and D role players are bigger than the Lakers, right? So Caruso, KCP, Wes Matthews, those guys aren't big. Like, yeah, they get it done. They just want a title. I'm not going to say that they can't play that style, but I think that's one of the things again that the Heat had over, over LA was like, your wings are smaller than ours and we're going to use that to our advantage and we're going to make life, we're going to make this game a, a boxing match, right? So I think having Payne out there, while he can hold his own on defense, he can score, he can do all that stuff, and he's a nice outlet when the Lakers sell out to, to stop Book, you know, like can Caruso defend Payne or can KCP defend Payne? Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's really a question. It's They're more than capable of doing that. So I think you're almost playing into the Lakers' hand. I'm, I'm really interested to see when Monty goes to that and how much it works because I think it'll tell us a lot about what the Suns offense can do. We haven't talked about that a lot though, just in general, the Suns scoring on the Lakers. We were talking a lot about LeBron and AD and, and how the Suns defend them, but what do you think on, on the other side? Um, yeah, I think with Booker, they're going to kind of give him the same looks they did in the last meeting where they're just, they're going to do everything they can to make the rest of the team beat them, which I, I'm fine with. I think they're, if they bring that same game plan, they're going to have, um, the Suns are going to have a bunch of counters for that ready to go. Um, it really comes down to just, you know, how their wings are shooting. Like if Mikhail and Jay are both on in the same night, then have fun, like sending those doubles at Booker. But if not, then, you know, it creates some issues. So, um, you know, again, Jay Crowder is like, he's been very hit or miss all season long from three. So, um, that's another player that could swing a game one way or the other. Um, so I think just paying attention to, um, just those, those slight hedges and just the quick decisions that have to be made. Um, and that's where DeAndre is going to have to, to feast. I think because they're, they're going to like, let him catch a ball up top and force him to make decisions. And he's shown he can make quick passes, but, uh, I really want to see him put it on the floor more and just attack the rim, get to the line, stuff like that. So, um, it's, it's going to take a team effort and, you know, Chris Paul's going to have to step up offensively too, just, you know, because we know they're going to do everything they can to take Booker out of the, the game. That's kind of been Frank Vogel's like go to when playing against the Suns, just trying to take Booker out. So um, and the Suns have shown they can win games when Book's not that involved. And it's not even that he's not that involved. It's that he's used as a decoy. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how Monty adjusts to, you know, what they have seen and what they're going to see. Yeah. Hey, Berto, I see you down there. If you have any questions, you can put them in the chat. You can come on stage with us. We'd be happy to answer. I know you've been there for a little while. I don't want you to feel like you're uh, getting ignored here, but uh, we're just going to keep cruising. So if you have any questions, feel free to toss them out. We'll answer them as soon as you do. Um, But what you said at the beginning there, Brandon, was interesting because I feel like one part of this that I hadn't really thought about is, and it's to that thing that it's been coming up about Anthony Davis and his shooting, but just in general, the Lakers, like, undeniably got hot last year in the bubble, right? Like, Rondo, Markeith Morris, like, I know he's not playing anymore, 
really, but uh, Danny Green was was a little bit hit or miss. But their guys were making shots that they don't normally make, and that that helped yeah. their offense come alive. So, and that's the same question this year. Their offense is way way worse than their defense. Everybody knows that. So, if their guys don't make shots. I think the Suns clearly have more shooting talent than the Lakers, right? Like you just look at the rosters and the Suns have more shooting. So yeah. if, if we're just talking about a couple games where like the Suns shoot 40% from three and the Lakers shoot 25% from three, that's not crazy. And the Suns are probably going to win the games when that happens. No, definitely. I think honestly the Lakers got a little bit overrated in the bubble and I, I don't want to take that away from them, but at the same time, like, I don't think there is this dominant, like, unbeatable force that, especially just, like, the way people are talking after that win against a Warriors team that, you know, they, they played their best um, with what they had, and, you know, they're, they're depleted. And they, they won an ugly game. Like, I was really not impressed with, with L.A. in that game at all. Like, if they play that way against the Suns, you know, most nights they're going to lose. So uh, I think the Suns are the better team. It's just... It comes down to the Lakers having the better players like up top. So, um, and unfortunately, you know, that's how the playoffs work. If you have the, the better stars win the, the series. So, um, the role players are important, but you know, if, if LeBron and Davis are both, you know, dropping, you know, 35 plus a piece, then it's not going to matter too much. Um, so yeah, I think it's a good point to make. You do have to shut down at least one of the two. Um, and by shut down, I mean, just make them uncomfortable or take them out of the rhythm but yeah but yeah no i i think that's all that's all right i'm i'm curious yeah it, it's going to be interesting to see if if they can regain that form whether it's like a thing of lebron his the way he turns it up in the postseason being the reason that they shot so much better um or is it just they straight up got hot and it's unsustainable? And, you know, it could be somewhere in the middle. It's obviously not one or one or the other. But how close they can get to last year's shooting form will tell us a lot. Because this is a team that was like bottom five offensive. This is not, oh, they've been struggling lately. Like, no, they could not score a lot of nights in, in the whole season. So exactly. I'm curious there. But like you said about that Warriors game, they should have the Warriors should have been up more at halftime. I think they were up 13, 16, something like that, right? But yeah, it was like, it was really could have been honestly 20. very ugly game. Like the Lakers did not that offense. I don't know what I was watching like the first the first half. Like that's the type of half if you have that in a series against a team like a locked in a good Suns team, team, a great team. Yeah, yeah, you're going to be down by twenty five. Like I like I I don't know I don't know like I'm not going to bet against LeBron. Um, or AD, but at the same time, I think a lot of people are getting carried away with how good or how great they think this Lakers team is. Um, so I'm, I'm just looking forward to these games. But uh, Berto has a question. Yeah, talking about the fair. size matchups. Um, touch on Aiton being the main guard for AD, but is there a scenario where Jay might have to guard him? Um, I'll let you start with that, Brendan. Yeah, I mean, I think what we saw in the Heat series, again, to keep going back to that, is is what's going to probably play out here, which is you'll probably, to me, you'll see Jay defend Davis or LeBron, probably LeBron a little more often. I could see Jay being an option when McHale's off the floor, because um, we saw, I mean, as much as I'm optimistic about Torrey Craig doing that, he got eaten alive. I mean, the, the whole Nuggets roster got eaten alive trying to defend LeBron, so I don't feel like Craig is... is somebody we should be putting too much into doing that 
And he also got kind of played off the court the last time they played the Lakers, right? Because he couldn't, that was him trying to defend AD. It's a little different, but I don't feel great about him there. I could see Crowder doing that against LeBron in a pinch. When I think he'll defend AD is probably on, on switches. Just, you know, if, if he is on LeBron or if there's some sort of scram situation where the AD's trying to post up and, oh crap, we have book on him or something. Let's, let's get that taken care of real quick. Like, they're mm-hmm. going to trust Crowder to do it. I just don't think it'll be the main plan A. That, that's kind of how I feel. And that's what we saw the Heat do, right? Like, they weren't afraid. They didn't sell out to get Jay the hell out of the situation every time he had to do it. But it wasn't, like, what they wanted to Yeah. And, like, it doesn't really matter who's guarding him. Um, if it's not Aiton, he's going to be able to shoot over the top of them. So I think just making them as uncomfortable as you can is the key. So just throwing a ton of looks like, you know, Jay, Tory. Um, I mean, even Mikhail, like, I think it's just going to come down to team defense. And I wish I could just like send this directly to Monty, but just the swarming that Golden State did, like as a team, not only with Davis, but, you know, with Drummond or whoever the big was down low, they they did such a great job of really making them uncomfortable. So um, I think, you know, the Suns just it has to be a committee um, defensive job and, um, I, I don't think it really matters who's guarding who. It's just what the help side looks like, and just forcing LeBron and Davis to shoot. Like honestly, I'd, if they're going to hit tough shots, like I'll live with that. If, if they're getting the line, you know, like making easy layups, stuff like that, then that's that's when you start to to question, uh, you know, the game plan defensively. So I, I think just making them shooters is the key. And every time there's a mismatch, just you know, sending another guy and. Hopefully the guy you're sending is, is sagging off of someone that isn't the best shooter. Yeah, that's a lot of good stuff. I feel like, well, one I, I kind of lost my train of thought because then I started thinking about the shooters. And is there any shooter who really terrifies you? I think KCP, like as a corner guy, he's pretty automatic. Like, I don't know what the numbers are, but I would I would not be helping off of him. I mean, especially if he's in the corner, you're not really supposed to do that anyway, but I don't really know if there's any other guy on this entire roster on the Lakers aside from the two stars and aside from KCP who I'm like terrified if they get an open look from. Three. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not terrified of any of them, but there's at the same time, a lot of them can get hot at any moment and all they really need is just one. So, you know, Wesley Matthews, uh, even Kyle, I Kuzma, guess that's not fair. I Schroeder, um, I would put on that list. I would yeah, say Schroeder, I don't want to give him an open look. So he, you know, you don't want to help off of him. Yeah, even him, like, I'm fine with giving him shots. Like, it, he's kind of streaky, too. Like, obviously, if he hits one, you're going to, you know, want to bust your ass and get out there to make sure he doesn't get another open look. But um, I don't know. I think their team is just filled with, like, streaky shooters that, you know, they kind of trade off having big nights, and that's all they really need. Like, they don't need all of them to be clicking. So um, it just comes down to, like, you know, if Kuzma has, like, a six for eight from three type of night out of nowhere, then – you know, you better hope you shut down the rest of the guys. Um, so, yeah, yeah. There, there's no there's not one player that sh- the sun should be like circling or anything like that. But um, just making sure they're not giving up too many open looks is pr- pretty obviously the, the key. Yeah. Oh, Berto wants to come up real quick. What you got for us, man? Hey, what's up? I figured this was easier than just typing out the uh, question in the chat. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But, um, yeah. You kind of inspired me with talking about what shooter should we really fear on the Lakers side. I kind of want to flip that. Who's a shooter, 
either off of our bench or maybe like Mikhail or Jay, like that they should fear the most? And do you think will affect uh, will affect gameplay in the series? It's a good question. I'm going to go with campaign, honestly, because okay. I think we've seen his ability to swing games so quick, especially if his pull up, if that's going like it's such a momentum shifter. So um, I think that's that's a guy that he's kind of like their secret weapon in a way, which he won't be like when the Lakers go over the scouting report. But that's one. And then the other Cam, Cam Johnson, if he gets hot, that could also uh, really open up some things. So I think. Just off the bench, like particularly, um, those are the two that stand out. And then for the starters, um, you know, Jay Crowder's like depending on what kind of night you get out of him, that's also uh, could be a difference between a win or a loss. So yeah, he's he's like one of the streakiest guys on our team too. Like I've seen nights yeah, in the league, on, like he just got unconscious and just rallied off like five threes in a row, and you're like, oh my god, he's in, he's just insane. But then it's like. He just puts up these bricks too. Like when he's like, con- like when he uh, gets closed out a lot. I've noticed in games too, where he just like thinks he can get that angle when they're still closing at him, and it's just nope. It's just the bricks yeah. the whole night, and that's sad. <laughs> what did he make in that first half? Eight? Didn't he have eight in the first half? Well, I thought it was nine. Wasn't it nine? That was nine. like a record. Nine, and then he had, didn't make another one the rest of the game. <laughs> yeah, he took like two shots total. He missed the first three out of the half. He's like, all right, screw it. I'm, I'm yeah, out of here. I know, I'm done. <laughs> I know there's Bridges Law, but. I'm curious to see what Crowder's law would be because I feel like that might. I'm too lazy to go look at the numbers right now, but I'll probably do that at some point. No, Cam but Johnson I'm curious. Like, I, like to answer, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but no, to, to immediately answer that question was uh, Cam Johnson was immediately to the top of my head. But like just with his injuries down the stretch of the uh, season, with along with Aiden, I haven't heard much like just from that camp of oh how is, how much better is he feeling? Like what is he like? Like will he be as lethal as a shooter as he? could be because he kind of you know shooting from wise dwindled down the stretch too before that injury yeah i think in a way just like missing this time could be for the best because when you're in a slump you know sometimes there's there's one way to get out of it you just shoot your way out of it the other way is just you know rehabbing kind of getting yourself together and clearly the wrist was bothering him so um it's, it sounds silly but just that first shot he takes i think is going to be huge just for his confidence like once that first one goes down um it could really clear things up for him like mentally because we've seen with like these younger players like Mikel where he'll get in a shooting slump and it's it's all mental like he'll, you'll just see him kind of hesitating and stuff like that so confidence is going to be the major key I think with him yeah Tim I think Cam Johnson I mean pain is pain has almost gotten too good to even be an x-factor like he's he kind of is going to play well. I think that's that's almost not a question for me. I think Cam Johnson is a one of the biggest ones because if he can make shots and and make some plays in team defense, like that's just something the Suns haven't gotten most of the season from him. So imagine you know what we already like about this team plus that. Um, but Mikhail to me is to answer the question the shooting thing. I mean it's it's not a surprise, but I think he he needs to make it impossible to to help off of him. He needs to have such an unconscious series or close to it, whether that's threes or actually like off the bounce and actually making some stuff happen, getting out in transition, all the different stuff he can do, because if he can make it so that the Lakers can't help off him or really, really second guess themselves when they do that, that just creates so much space. I mean, I know, you know, he already kind of does that, but like 42% in one regular season is not going to make 
the entire scouting plan change on you. They're going to try to help off of McHale, and he needs to make them pay for doing that cutting, shooting, uh, when he gets the ball, actually scoring, all that stuff. So um, I think he, again, probably not an X factor because he's like the third best player on the team. But uh, he, if he has a huge series, I think that could be a major reason why the Suns uh, keep it close. I was going to say before we get out of here, Brandon, we uh, we should do predictions because I think I'm going to throw this up on the podcast feed mon- uh, Sunday right before the game so people can listen to it if they want to. So we, we got to get on the record here. I know it's only going to be game one. We might change our mind like 10 more times, but what do you, what do you got? What's your, what's your prediction? Suns in four. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, you just mean for this first game? I mean, or, take it whatever direction series. you want. Uh, you could do both. Um, I'm going to go. So this first game, I think, I actually think the Suns are going to pull it off. I do think it's going to go six or seven games, and I'm going to pick the Suns. I'll, I'll be a homer. That's fine with me. Uh, I just haven't seen – it's it's like really tough to pick against LeBron, obviously, but um, I think the way they played against the Warriors, I really was not that impressed. So uh, Suns in six. Heard it here first. All right. I – I actually think the Suns will struggle in this first game. I think there's going to be a little bit of like a oh crap moment for them. Like, okay, like this this is different than what we were just doing. And some of the younger guys, like we could see some some tough games. Maybe they don't make shots. I don't think it'll be a blowout, but I could actually see that even though it is at home. I think they'll win game two, though. I feel pretty confident that, that in this team's ability to bounce back. And then yeah. series-wise, I'll go, I'll go Suns in seven. I can't I can't get as uh, as excited as you about six um, and obviously like man I mean, even if they could win it that'd be a pretty big upset so I'm not kidding myself on that but I, I feel like you I I actually feel more optimistic than I think most people are but then like you look at Vegas and it was like plus 148 or plus 128 the Suns the other day like that's not a huge huge upset you know in terms of the literal odds like I, I think I think this thing's going to be pretty even honestly. Yeah, it's going to be a hell of a series. And I think everyone that's, you know, has no, like, stake in this game, um, just as a basketball fan, already knows this is going to be, like, the series of the first round. And there's a pretty good chance whoever wins this is going to win the West, in my opinion. And uh, just looking at Denver and Portland, like, it's at least a path to the Western Conference Finals to face the winner of Utah and and L.A. Um, But, yeah, I think... It's going to bring back a lot of memories, and what a way for Booker to make his playoff debut <laughs> against LeBron James. So, um, yeah, I think they're they're probably going to split these first two games. That's my prediction, and then um, how they play on the road is, is ultimately what it's going to come down to. Man, that game five, I'm already I'm already nervous. I'm going to be there, and I'm already terrified because um, I think it'll. I think that one, you know, game fives tend to decide the series, so we'll have to see. We will be on locker room again prior to that game, of course. It'll be next weekend if it gets that far. And, uh, guys, enjoy the series. Thanks, Berto, for coming on. Thanks, Marcel, for hanging out a little bit. This will be up on the Locked on Suns feed Sunday. So thanks, everybody, for listening to the show. Hope you're ready for game one as well. Don't forget it's early. Uh, Please do not miss the game because you don't realize what time it is on. Um, But, yeah, you can check us out right here on Locker Room every single Friday at noon Pacific, guys. And uh, follow Lockdown Suns wherever you listen to podcasts. Yep. Thanks, everyone. Later, guys.